episode 184. Uh, this is, ah, well, this will go out October 23rd, which means there's still a week and a day left in October for all your Halloween needs. I don't know if, if it's like this where you are, but I am very upset this year seeing the what I consider egregious encroachment of Christmas decorations yep. into Halloween. Like, yep. the, the fucking the corpse isn't even cold. Like, my dude, it ain't even midway yeah. through October. Although I will say that Home Depot, in an effort to continue selling Halloween decorations, has an extremely terrifying uh, Santa Claus I saw it, <laughs> nice. and I said, and there were these people, I said, Linda, this is amazing, because you can use it for both Halloween and Christmas, because it's terrifying. And these people walking right. by were like, yes! <laughs> like, but, <laughs> but why, what is the hurry? Like, is there... I uh, know. Is there anyone... It gets worse every year. It does. Like, this, but this is the year, like, I was at, uh, so, so I, I'm, you know, you, you, you get kind of used to for clothes anyway, going, oh, well, when I need a winter coat, I, sh- I need to buy it in August because obviously that's when everybody buys their winter coats, right? Like if you if you needed a winter coat in winter uh, because yours, whatever, the zipper broke, then you're shit out of luck because you didn't plan ahead in July and you're like, right. all right, I get that. But like I was at Target and they're selling the Halloween candy at a discount already, 20% off. And I'm looking at yeah. my watch going – is there some – did they move Halloween and I didn't get the memo? Like I, I get with like the trunk or treat and all that shit and they might do – but like why are you selling it at a discount now? Halloween's yeah. not for over a week. So also like November 1st, how, are people clamoring to buy Christmas – if you're in an HOA, guaranteed, you're not allowed to put that shit up now anyway. Right. The only well, thing is like, oh, go ahead. You know, it, it's not like they start putting out Halloween stuff in August. You know, no. what I'm like, you know what I mean? No. Like, yeah, it's not. It, it doesn't work the same. No. <laughs> like, what is the hurry to get Christmas stuff on November one? Like, why do you need to buy that shit now? I mean, yeah. when I lived, yeah. when we lived in Georgia, the the neighborhood that I lived in. um had uh, a pretty large Indian population, and Diwali, which is the Festival of Lights, typically mm-hmm. falls somewhere in October. So, um, you know, a lot of my neighbors would put up Christmas lights because it's the Festival of Lights. They'd put them up for Diwali, and our HOA, you know, was like, yeah, it's cool. You could put them up. In the-. And they'd stay up until uh, Christmas. That's a very mm-hmm. specific use case. That does not right. <laughs> does not encompass the majority of neighborhoods. So, like, why are we pushing? What is the fucking hurry yeah. to put this shit out now uh, and push this stuff out of the way? I just, I don't, I don't get it. Like, I, I just, I genuinely do not get it, and it, it hurts me because I don't, I don't. It's yep. like no, no. Yeah, well, this is the one time of year it's okay to be like me, <laughs> you know. Right. Exactly. So we have to hurry up and, and get that and, shit out and of there and rush through it. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, what's the fucking what? What is the? 
whatever. Maybe next year I'll start doing Halloween. Uh, I'll start doing Halloween um, displays in my front yard, and I'll get a bunch of skeletons that have like, you know, dismembered Santa Claus or something. <laughs> But, but playfully, you know, because we don't want to scare the kids. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> so you had uh, you had a – was this a drive-in situation or just like a movie situation that you went to last week or the week before – last week? Yeah, no. So so this year was one of those like magical alignments of the planets and whatnot where, you know, not only is it October, but there was a Friday the 13th in October. Mm-hmm. Um, and that rarely happens. Right. So that was exciting. And, and you know me, like I – I don't socialize much. You know, I, I talk to you, uh, you know, we play destiny together mm-hmm. once a week typically. And then outside of that, it, unless I'm going to work, I, right. or, you know, unless, you know, it's a weekend where a goose is coming down. Like I typically sit here by myself in the house. Like I don't go out a lot. Yeah. And, and honestly, like with it being Friday the 13th, what I, what I normally would do was, would be to stay home and, and marathon whatever part of the franchise, you know, that I haven't seen you know, the last couple of years, maybe, or whatever, stuff like mm-hmm. that. And that's what I'd plan to do. But, but, um, my buddy, Justin has been working with some people in Columbus who were, they run a YouTube channel and they also, they're making like independent film and he's done some voice work and some acting and stuff like Is that. that the one like, where you're going to, we're going to be in or we're in or. Yeah, I was supposed to. Yeah. And they, they, they end up changing the, they end oh, okay. up turning the two characters that, that they wanted Tommy and I to play into one character that Justin played, but oh, gotcha. Uh, but they call themselves the Dead End Drive-In, mm-hmm. and they did an event in Auburn or Opelika actually, um, where they were screening. They did a screenings of, of two secret <laughs> films. They, they didn't tell what they were going to be, um, and then they had like their little special that they had done. And they still have something else coming out on Halloween, I think, but. Um, but they did something Friday Thirteenth too, and so uh, I, I just said, kind of, I was like, yeah, fuck it, I think I'm gonna go. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, it's Friday Thirteenth. I'm always bitching about like there not being nothing cool here to do and stuff. And when people right. do something, I feel like I I should probably go because otherwise, right. there's there's no right for me to bitch about it. You know what I mean? Exactly. Right. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> so I went and uh, met up with Justin, and uh, he had a buddy from out of town who who. Uh, I talked a lot with. He was cool as shit, and he's a he's a graphic a graphic artist, uh, and he also like uh, you know he does like um, he does designs for like people get like car wraps and stuff oh, like that. Okay, he, cool. also, he he prints stickers. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, he brought stickers to the thing, uh, to the event, stuff like that. And I was like, well, I was like, I'm glad we met because I've got ideas. <laughs> so yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I got his number and stuff. So we may be maybe talking to him about some things. But anyway. Uh, so it came time for the the special to start, and then they showed two movies. Um, the first of which was Halloween Three, which nice. I I love. I watch every year this time, and then I will be damned if the second one wasn't Jason Lives. Mm-hmm. So I got to see my favorite movie of all time. I got to meet some really cool new people, and I got to see my favorite movie of all time on the biggest screen that I've ever seen it on. And it wasn't like a theater or anything, but yeah, you know, it was. Um, it was in a bar um, that has a stage, but they had stretched like a sheet, you know, mm-hmm. across the stage and stuff, and like had a projector. So it was super fun, man. You know, it's like it's one of those things where it's like, obviously, I'm not allowed to fully enjoy it because sure. people, you know, if let me just say this real quick, just real quick, 
Yeah. It's like if if people obviously love something and maybe you don't love that thing, but somehow you show up at said thing anyway, like don't shit on people's good time. Yeah. Like what why do that? Yeah. You know, like I would never do that. No. I don't love I don't know uh Fast and Furious. Sure. But I wouldn't I wouldn't go with somebody to a Fast and the Furious a thon. You know, yeah, marathon thing and then run into you and be like, Oh, this is bullshit. This sucks. Right. Like I would never do that. Yeah. So maybe don't do that, you know? Right. Just let people enjoy what they enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. That that that's a concept that I feel like I mean, and this is me just being, you know, an old man on the internet. Uh, I feel like that's a concept that just has become more and more alien to people, um, you know, with 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 the, um, you know, with 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 the advent of the internet, you know, this this ability to kind of say how you feel about things all the time, you know, th- this when you have somebody on on Twitter or whatever that's just like, you know. Um, oh, I really love this movie. And then somebody's got to be like, oh, well, here's all the reasons why that sucks. Or here's all the reason why, you know, this is whatever. And you're just like, what, what are you doing right now? Like, it's funny. Mark Maron, who is an avowed atheist, and he has a lot of, like, the material about it, you know, has this bit that he does where he talks about how, like, you know, yeah, he's an atheist, but, you know, he, he basically keeps it to himself because – not because he's, like, afraid of anybody, like, clashing with his ideals. But, like, you know, if you're talking to somebody and they're like, yeah, you know, I know it doesn't really make a lot of sense. But, you know, it, it gives me comfort. It makes me feel good. Like, what, are you going to jump out of the bushes and be like, oh, you're stupid. Here's all the reasons why. You know, now you have to face the world cold and alone. And he's like, what right. purpose does that serve? Like, that doesn't – that's not helping anyone. It's the same thing. It's like, look, if somebody likes something and you don't, then – it's not your job to explain to them why what they like isn't good. You're not right. – no one is going to leave that conversation and be like, wow, you know, that was really close. I almost enjoyed oh, myself right. there for a minute. Now, if you're like – if somebody like really supports something that's like super problematic, I mean, I don't know. It's, if you were having a conversation, if in Target somebody was like, hey, I really like Roman Polanski, would you be like, you know, he raped a 13-year-old, right? Probably not because you got to look that person in the face and gauge whether or not they're going to punch you regardless of the truth of your statement. But it becomes so easy right. on the internet. So it's like, yeah, like why would you do that? Like obviously in a gathering like that, people are of like mind. They're there to enjoy and celebrate a certain thing. If that's not your thing – then just don't go. But that just seems like such an alien concept to to willingly exclude yourself from a conversation you have no interest in being in in the first place. Um, right. And I don't, I don't, I don't get it myself. I mean, there's things I wouldn't go see, and if I, it's not something I want to, I don't. <laughs> right. Well, but even even with that said, like like even if. You know, you, you end up going to said thing because your partner or whoever is, is right. into it and stuff. Like, why? I don't understand, like, running into a stranger and being shitty. Right. Like, yeah. Just don't do that. Right. Let people enjoy things. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, the reality is you might enjoy it yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you might, you might just, just, you might, there are. There are absolutely times where I think that something you might not enjoy um, on your own 
when surrounded by people who are really into it, you get into it too. Absolutely. And, and that doesn't mean that 100%. now that th this is something you're going to go and seek it out on your own, but the communal aspect of it is enough to where you might enjoy it even if if before it, it seemed like something that, that wasn't for you. But you have to be right. willing to, to accept the fact that in this instance, maybe you're wrong. And not I, I, that's not, I, I shouldn't say maybe, it's not that maybe you're wrong, but you just have to be willing to, I guess, reconfigure your notion of yourself and what you like and don't like like <laughs> but right you know i don't know sometimes people like that they, they're so caught up in i'm the guy that hates this that it's like all right well, i guess yes, yes. I think if that's right. what you want to be but. all right uh so last show uh we talked about the movies we had been watching for halloween we're going to do the same thing uh this uh, episode. However, uh, one of the things we uh, we were sent a, a screener of a movie called Suitable Flesh, and I had mentioned it um, last show as uh, being one of the movies that I had watched uh, in the first, whatever it was, eight, nine days of October. Um, so mm -hmm. this is a uh, Joe Lynch uh, film. Joe Lynch, you know, obviously he's, he's a horror mainstay, but, um, you know, kind of know him from um, you know, like Creep Show, and uh, you know, he made uh, he was in he was Ray the IT guy in Mayhem, um, he which was, is yeah. always always exciting. Um, but but he's he's been doing you know he, he's been doing horror for for quite a while. Um, so um, he um, uh, did this film's uh, Suitable Flesh, which is based on a. Um, what do you call it? A um, Lovecraft, H.P. Uh, Lovecraft story. So, yeah. um, you know what I what I mentioned about this on the last episode, and is that I think that if it for me anyway, <clears throat> it very much felt um, like an homage to the Stuart Gordon um, kind of H.P. Oh, yeah. Lovecraft films, um, similar type of look feel. Um, you know, kind of, I don't know what the budget on this film was. It, it seemed like they were trying to capture that aesthetic. It even has Barbara Crampton in it. Um, mm -hmm. But essentially, Heather Graham plays a psychiatrist who um, gets visited by this young kid, uh, played by Judah Lewis, who is basically, um, you know, is, is talking about having, like, lost time and 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 just having some difficulties in his life and you and, and you're you're trying to get a feel for like what the deal with this kid is because he shifts personalities when he's talking to her and he becomes like this kind of like disgusting like lecherous guy um and so she's kind of intrigued and the whole story is told from a flashback so you know at the beginning of this movie that heather graham is in a mental institution and she's trying to tell explain her side of the story and she's just like is it dead did you kill the did you cut the brain out and you're like ooh. um mm -hmm. so she continues to tell this th tells the story which basically comes down to uh this this kid and uh this old guy that he lives with um, and there seems to be something going on between the two of them, but it's unclear. Is this like a, like a split personality type of thing? Is there something uh, even more kind of insidious going on, some sort of supernatural aspect to it? Obviously, if it's H.P. Lovecraft, you're going to assume that that's the way uh, that it goes. Right. Um, and then things kind of uh, go downhill from there. Um, you know, 
the the one thing that they did not kind of uh, it, we, you know, when we talk about this from a from a Stuart Gordon perspective, you know, one of the things I think rightfully they 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 chose to exclude was kind of the grosser scenes uh, of any sort of like because I mean like Stuart Gordon has some really kind of nasty scenes uh, with like violence towards women, especially like Castle Free yeah. with the guy and the prostitute, and then of course you know Reanimator sure. with the guy's head and Barbara Crampton and everything. So uh, you know mm-hmm. wisely kind of got rid of that stuff, but you know. I really, uh, you know, enjoyed this this film, despite, you know, it, it's not a super high budget thing. I, I feel, and this is where I have a hard time separating from a critical view of the film and someone who geeked out on Reanimator and From Beyond and, and, yeah. and, and those Stuart Gordon movies where you go, I look at this and I say, this was made in the way that it was made, in the style that it was made, in the choices that they made for people like me who watched those yes. movies and enjoyed them, as opposed to some people might go, well, it just, it, it, it's by no means, it's not poorly acted. I mean, it's, it's, it's well acted. The performances are great. It's a creepy ass story. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Bruce Davison is in it. He's, he's, a, he's disgusting in all the right ways. Um, right. <laughs> but, but you could look at it and say, well, it's kind of low budget, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, okay, well, is that an aesthetic choice? Was that, you know what I mean? And that's where I have a hard time. Yeah. At the end of the day, I don't care because I enjoyed it because it felt to me like an homage to these Stuart Gordon H.P. Lovecraft movies. And, right. and, and, and if that, if you look at it through that lens, um, with that intent, I think it succeeded um, in in not just in telling a really creepy story, punctuated with moments of gore that were super impactful, um, but also sure. just kind of genuinely, when you thought about the the movie and, and what was going on, you were you know it was kind of a a different type of of horror movie than what we usually get. Yeah, yeah, you know, a lot of times when you when you think about Lovecraft and and you know. Rightfully so, you, you go to things like Dagon, and yeah. you think about Cthulhu, and like right. you know, uh, creatures specifically like aquatic horror stuff like that. Yeah, but you know, he also wrote a lot of this. I don't want to call it tamer, but like just kind of lower scale, like just get under your skin, creepy kind of stuff. Right. That that didn't necessarily have anything to do with like monsters or creatures or things like that and that's kind of what this is um i thoroughly enjoyed it as well uh i listened to a podcast with with him on it uh, this week and he was talking about they were talking about how horny the movie is yeah it was like you know and and he was like yeah he's like that's one of the more interesting things that he's noticed during like screenings of the movie is because it's been so long or it feels like anyway since like you know, people have all been in a theater together mm-hmm. and in a the movie. There's like a sec, you know, the same thing kind of happened with Oppenheimer. Everybody was fruiting out. Yeah. Over a se- I haven't seen Oppenheimer yet, but everybody was like losing their shit over a sex scene in Oppenheimer and stuff. And he was like, it was so weird to have, to have this movie with, with all the content that's in it. And the one thing that seemed to make people squirm the most was a sex scene. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause it, it definitely has that stuff uh, in it, but but yeah, it, it's everything you said. I agree with. Uh, it's performances are great. It's very much a Stuart Gordon kind of inspired uh, uh, movie. Obviously, uh, I really like the story. Um, 
Yeah, and I love Joe Lynch. So, you know, this I feel like this is one of his more kind of mature things. Yeah. For for lack of a better term, like it, it's it's one of his more story-driven things that yeah. he's done, I feel like. And uh I really appreciate that. Like obviously he's got the chops, you know, to do that stuff, and it was cool to see him get to do that instead of it having to be not that not that he's forced to do things like he right. obviously hopefully he gets to do whatever he wants but but it was just cool to see him kind of step outside of the box the box for lack of a better term that I typically feel like the the sandbox he usually plays in this was a little different you know it wasn't yeah. it did have gore but it wasn't like over the top hyper violent stuff like right. that you know it was, it was more of a character driven you know kind of thing yeah. Because I think, yeah, I too, the, the, the thing is, I mean, when you talked about it being more story driven, um, you know, it's true because you're, you're trying to, you know, you're trying to figure out, well, what is the deal with this guy? Um, what's the deal with this kid? What's the deal with the old guy that he lives with? Like, it's not obvious. Like, Reanimator, it's like it's right there in the title. Right. Like, I mean, yeah. there's no you, you know, that like somebody is going to try to bring somebody back from the dead. Right. Like, right. so. Um, so it's it's you know this this type same thing with like Castle Freak nobody's like oh, I wonder mm. what that's about right like I mean you probably <laughs> right. can figure right. it out um, yeah. so you know this you know kind of I mean and obviously you know having um, you know it, it being told the way that it was from the beginning you know you you know like there's something weird going on but. You know, I it's like you also kind of forget that, right? Like when when the story gets told as the story is being told, you at least I did. I kind of forgot about her saying that. So, um, you know, you know, I just kind of got wrapped up in and I wasn't sitting there going, well, wait a minute. She was saying, do you kill the brain? So it's got to be, you know, I mean, you just kind of get get wrapped up in it. Um, And. You know, I mean, and it's just, it's cool to see that, you know, this movie being, being, you know, uh, the, um, the story going homage that it was, you know, like having Barbara Crampton in it and with a, and not just like as a, as a cameo, but as a, as a pretty important role. They did talk about that. Like he was talking, he, she was just supposed to be a producer on the, on it. Oh, really? Yeah. And then, you know, as, as they were they kind of got into the groove of making the movie. He was like, you know, we, we deviated from the script when it felt like it made sense to do so. And it wasn't like he was begging her to please be in it the whole time, but it was like yeah. once, once they kind of got into it, it, it felt right for her to play that character. And so she, that, that actually got written in after the fact. Oh, okay. Like her whole character. Yeah. She wasn't supposed to be in it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, it was really, it was great. Uh, I really enjoyed it. It, it hits um, video on demand this Friday. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, thanks again to, um, uh, to our friends at, I always, I always miss, is it, it it's not, it's, I R-L- always say, it's, I always want to say it's RJ Ellie, but it's RLJE films. Um, and I think it's going to be on shutter as well. It is. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So, uh, so definitely check it out. Um, I think that, uh, you know, like even, even if you're not a Stuart Gordon fan, it's a pretty solid, you know, it's a solid horror outing and. Um, also, man, good for Heather Graham. Like, I, yeah. I, I've always liked her. Like, yeah. 
you know, from from fucking license to drive back yeah. in the day to to boogie nights. So yeah. I loved the character she played on an episode or two of uh, Scrubs. Scrubs. I love that yeah. show. Yeah, she was great in it. So yeah, good for her, man. Because it's been a while since I've seen her or anything, and she fucking nailed it. Like she yeah. knocked it out of the park in this movie. Yeah, she was really good. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, solid outing all around. Definitely, uh, definitely recommend it. Um, okay, so. Uh, we talked about that. You know, I'll probably have more movies than you, so I'm just gonna. Yeah. I'm gonna just go in chronological order. Um, okay. And uh, I'll probably hit. Uh, you know, I'm just gonna do these three real quick because I don't have a lot to say about them, and then. Okay. Um, and so, uh, Night of the Demons, which you know was, <laughs> you know, schlocky '80s horror. Yep. Um, you know, woman pushing a stick of lipstick into her boob for some unknown mm-hmm. reason. Where that went, mm-hmm. no idea. Um, you know, it was, it was <laughs> fine. It was it was fine. It was <laughs> it was fine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was like it was just a, it was weird and and it was eighties and it was it was a it was it was a if I had to guess, I'd say a lot of coke was done on the set of that movie. <laughs> um. The next one is uh, is the Prowler uh, from 1981, yeah. which I had never seen. Um, you know, some some really great uh, effects work by by Tom Savini, yeah. um, yep. and a really cool uh, the killer's outfit. But yeah, man, talk about uh, a movie in desperate need of a story and and kind of <laughs> justification, right? It's just kind of like you know. This guy's killing folks, and then they're you kind of find out why, and you're like, oh, okay, like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's one of those things this, that 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 slasher craze, man. Once Halloween hit, and then yeah. Friday Thirteenth hit, and everybody was trying to put a mask, a different kind of mask on somebody, and have them slaughter people for whatever reason. But really amazing, like really amazing practical effects, especially yeah, at the great end. kills, yeah. Uh, yeah when, really that, when the guy gets his head blown off, like that. I mean, you're right. That, and that's the thing. It's like you kind of can put aside when you realize, like they weren't none of that CGI, man. They, yep. they that's all practical stuff. Um, but uh, so, so from that perspective, I mean, it really is something impressive. Um, but I just wish there had been, you know, I mean, you, Hollywood sometimes has a has a tendency to either explain too much because they think the audiences are morons, or right. just not explain at all. And and yeah. I feel this one went way way too far in the not explained at all <laughs> type, type yeah, of category. I can see that. Um, I can see that. <laughs> I still like it though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't dislike it at all. I just was like, you know, when I when it was over with, I was like, wait, what? Like, where's <laughs> you know, where where's the exposition that kind of you know oh. explains? Like, <laughs> Hell, um, you were gonna love everything I watched for this episode. <laughs> And then, um, and then before I, I'll uh, turn it over to, to your uh, your stuff, uh, uh, or, or what, you know, um, what you've been watching. Uh, I, I watched a 2021 remark of uh, remark remake or reboot, whatever you want to call it, of Slumber Party Massacre. Um, yeah, I'm not really a fan. It has nothing to do has nothing to do with with um, you know them turning the genre on its head and and. Right. Um, you know, kind of making this a, it has nothing to do with, with like how they decided to flip things around. 
it's how traditional they still hewed to the slasher formula with it's mm-hmm. like oh the guy and it was his, and then his mom and it's like so, so like yep. the, it almost felt like they wanted to have their cake and eat it too where yes. it's like we're gonna flip the script and it's now this um you know these 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 women trying to take back uh, you know, and kill this guy because the the one woman's mom was attacked back in the day. Um, but then it's just again this like cardboard cutout of a of a human being as the killer, mm-hmm. and then it's his mom, and she's just like, well, he got urges, right? And it was just like, if you're gonna if you're gonna spend the time to try to be in my mind, if you're gonna spend the time to try to be creative about the final girl part of it, then, then spend as much time being creative about what, what, why the killer is doing what they're doing. And then, I mean, especially after having watched like all of these, you know, movies from the eighties and, and the nineties, that is just so reliant on practical effects. The amount of CGI gore in this was just, it's so, yes. it's so flat and textureless and devoid yep. of any, you know, for lack of a better word, character whatsoever. Yes. You know, I mean, when you watch these movies from the 80s and 90s, the, the the practical work is what gives them almost like a unique flair. And and you can you really can almost get a get a feeling of the makeup artists, the, the practical effects, those technicians, those artists working hand in hand with the director to set a vibe for how things were going to go and then also you know but what the cgi stuff it's just like eh, you know we're gonna drill his head just as eh, throw some blood in there and he'll just like stand there and go right. and it's like it just comes <laughs> yeah. it's like it's just so just like i said it's just so characterless it's yeah, yeah it's so lifeless that it's just like ugh, come on man and yeah you know, I'm a fan. yeah yeah all right. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> so like I said, I watched uh, I watched some amazing things uh, mm-hmm. the past two weeks, and I watched some terrible things. Um, yeah. So the first the first thing that I that I threw in was um, the forest, which I was I blind bought from um, uh, wasn't Synapse who was it doesn't matter whoever it was to put the forest on Blu-ray. But man, they should have saved their money on this one. <laughs> Uh, however much money they spent securing the rights and printing uh, the the artwork and the cases and all the shit for this movie, like we probably should have just rethought this one, fellas. Uh, <laughs> like, did you watch this before you bought it? <laughs> you're right. That's what I was like. Yeah, the poster's cool, but like, was the world really clamoring for this movie on Blu-ray? Because it's not good. <laughs> like, so, um, so this movie uh, is directed by Don Jones. It came out in. 1982 yeah 1982 uh and it's this movie about this these two couples uh well this these two guys right they're in this like tiny fucking like a uh, dotson pickup truck in los angeles stuck in traffic and they're angry about traffic and the one guy's like oh i can't take it anymore so they're like he's like well i'll just come over to the house tonight and and you know bring your wife and like the guy kind of lets his buddy know that maybe there's some trouble in paradise there and they've been mm-hmm. talking about maybe split up and like he's well come over to the house and you know hang out with me and <coughs> whatever his was and you know we'll 
you know, we'll grill some steaks and drink some beers and just have a good time. And so, so when they get there, they start talking about camping. They decide they're all going to go camping, but the women, so the, the men want to go by themselves and the women kind of are like, well, we want to camp too. We've actually been talking about camping. And so they, and they're like, really, when are you guys planning on going? And they're like, well, we were going to go like today. And they're like, well, we can't go till this weekend. But anyway, so, so women leave 45 minutes like later. Next, <laughs> yeah. The women leave the next day and then the, their husbands are going to drive up the next day, which makes no sense. No, first of all, nothing in this movie makes any fucking sense. Yeah. Not a single fucking thing. But anyway, um, so the women go out first, they end up getting attacked by this, this kind of lunatic who's living in the woods and then the, the husbands obviously leave you know that weekend whatever and then the car the truck breaks down so they have to they, they're way behind because they had to stop and get the radiator replaced and this that the other sure. so once they get there they they find the campground and they're of course the, the their wives are not there and and uh you know they start looking for them and and when i t- when when i like say they're looking for them you you would think that they like had maybe not been able to find someone before, <laughs> but these people apparently like this was a brand new concept to these two men. Like they were the the decision making in this movie is is some of the dumbest shit that I have seen in a very long time. Uh, but anyway, they they actually run into the the maniac there uh, in his cave where he sits in his rocking chair next to a fire, uh, <laughs> and he's also a cannibal, and so that's why he, of course. He's, Killing the people is because he's got to have food for the winter because it's almost winter time, and so uh, so they end up so so he says all that and shit like before right, but he obviously doesn't tell the the men that that's what he's doing, but he also like invites them to have dinner with him. So <laughs> this one dude like takes like a cuts a piece of meat off his wife's severed head there on a on a barbecue spit Ew. and just takes a bite. It's like oh, it's pretty good, <laughs> and then. Uh, and then they they spend the night in the cave with the with the cannibal who needs food for the winter, but he doesn't kill them. He's just like, yeah, all right, fellas, it's morning time, time to head out. And I was like, okay. And then and then there's uh two ghost children in, that are in the woods also who are warning the people to watch out for that daddy's gone hunting. And what the uh, fuck? yeah, you find out that. Uh, <laughs> The old, the old boy there was uh, came home from work one day and uh, found his wife in bed with another man, and then he ended up strangling her to death, and then taking his kids uh, into the woods where they didn't like living in the woods, so they killed themselves. The kids did, and now their ghosts are in the in the woods there, warning people about the the cannibal slasher dad, sure. uh, and and things get even dumber from there. So yeah, Is that that's possible? the forest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, trust. <laughs> trust wow wow that sounds Not like a great. winner yeah yeah can't can't recommend that one <laughs> wow all right uh okay interesting um all right well i the the my next movie that's gonna pale in comparison to that um <laughs> so this is a, a new film on uh it's a prime uh original film and it's a uh, totally killer uh with uh oh kieran yeah and, i haven't seen that yet kieran yeah. and shipka um, uh, um, Julie Bowen's in it. Um, you know, it, it's kind of an interesting, it's like a riff on, uh, um, back to the future, 
and Happy Death Day uh, in mm. that, um, you know, basically, uh, you know, her, her, her mom, when, her, when, when Kieran Shipka's mom, played by, like I said, Julie Bowen, was, was in high school, two of her friends uh, or three of her friends were murdered by this, this masked killer. Um, and uh, on Halloween night, the guy comes back and kills her mom. So we're, whatever, 30 years later comes back mm. and kills her mom. So her friend was making a time machine for a science fair, you know, as one does. And uh, mm-hmm. she gets attacked by the killer in the time machine and gets sent back in time to the 80s when um, her mom is is in high school. Um, and or I guess it would be the 90s. I don't know. It's all a blur. Um, so yeah. she is trying to solve the murder, try to prevent her, her. She figures if she can prevent her mom's friends from getting killed, then she can prevent her mom from getting killed. So, so basically, it's final girls. It, yeah, but you know, it's kind of the it one interesting, the exact <laughs> plot from Final Girls. You know, where, where <laughs> the interesting thing is is that she still has friends who know what's going on in the future, and as she changes mm. things in the past, stuff in the future then kind of also changes. So, so there's gotcha. like you know they have to kind of pivot and 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 like it, it, that was the one thing that I thought was interesting was like this whole idea of well we can't change anything because who knows the consequences they just throw that out the window. Um, mm. You know they had a lot of fun with the idea of you know like in the eighties just how much folks didn't care about like she goes and you know she shows up at school and she's just like um, yeah I'm a, I'm a transfer student from Canada so you know I'm here for school and they're like okay here's your schedule and she's like wait you don't want to like like verify that or anything and she's like you know the woman's like you know i forget what she says something like like what am i columbo like just go to class and then she's like "Ooh, gym yeah i'm not really a gym girl can i get like a different schedule <laughs> you know and so like this you know they, they kind of like they always you know that was one of the things that kind of made fun of how like lax things were back in the 80s but then also how kind of privileged and maybe uh maybe the skin isn't quite so thick of of kids today like you know that kind of yeah, thing right you know and it was yep. a perfectly enjoyable film until the third act where it completely completely fell apart yeah like once you find out what the motivation of the killer is it, okay. I, I i should have stopped right then before that gotcha. i should have been like ah and then i will figure it out um because it was really disappointing um mm. how it just kind of like falls apart so um, you know, kind of going into it, if you kind of know that's what happens, and maybe it doesn't for everyone, maybe that was just me. Uh, you know, there's yeah. definitely some uh, some laughs to be had. I I do think that it's funny because the 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 actress who played Julie Bowen as a as a teenager is older, is 29 years old. Kieran Shipka is 25, mm-hmm. and so she's four years older than Kieran Shipka. Yet somehow was way more passable as a high school student than Kiernan Shipka was. <laughs> hmm. And it's nothing to do with her. She's a, she's a good actress. It's just that I was like, are we supposed to buy that she's 16? She's not 16. Like, I mean, it just it's just one of those casting things, which for whatever reason, it it it, it like they should have they should have put it in college. Because that yeah. you could be like, okay, she looks like a, she could be a college student. Uh, right. But but putting it in high school, it just that would like immediately um, 
drew me out of it. And then it reminded me of Black Hood's Daughter, which is a movie I really wanted to like. But again, poor casting. I'm supposed to believe that Kieran Shipka grows up to be Emma Watson? Like, what? Like, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> they don't, if the facial structure is even remotely the same. They have blonde yeah. hair. Okay. Right. Great. Right. Well, then she could fucking grow up to be Gary Busey. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> um, okay, so how many films do you have? Because I, I don't want to, like, hog all the time and then not have – I want to make sure that we're kind of, like – probably should have talked I about guess. this ahead of time, like norm, like a competent podcasting duo. Right. <laughs> I have eight left. All right, one, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Perfect. So, so do I. All right, go ahead. Oh, yeah, nice. All right, uh, so I, well, actually, I was going to do uh, the next two kind of together um, because I have some things to say about one and not so much to say about the other. And I watched a pair of Roger Corman produced um, kind of sci-fi horror, not necessarily reimaginings, but kind of a takeoffs or like you know, like one of them's flat out an Aliens ripoff. Like it's just <laughs> one. Once, you know, once once Alien, yeah, once Alien hit, you know, uh, as as they are wont to do, like the studios start pumping out as many low budget Me Too kind of things as they can. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the, and I've seen a lot of those, but one of the better ones that I, that honestly I've probably ever seen uh, is this movie called The Terror Within. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, I had never seen it. I'd heard about it. Um, I heard it was pretty good for the for your your whole your whole Aliens kind of rip off yeah. thing. And yeah, it, it's it's. It's not great. Uh, it's mm. got George Kennedy in it. He's really good. Um, but they, it's these these people are kind of in a. But instead of space, they're on they're on you know Earth or I guess it's Earth. I don't really know. I don't remember. But um, basically, the the planet has it is Earth because the planet has been like turned into um, almost like it's like Fallout basically because oh, okay. of chemical warfare. Mm. So people are living in like these big bunkers and shit. And they're they're going out, you know, when they have to, like, or you know, whatever, you know, like, because there's these mutants outside. Sure. And so, mutants. yeah. And so, and so, uh, at the start of the movie, there's this this couple of characters that you know, two of our main characters are outside, and they they kind of run into this woman, and they bring her, they and the mutants chasing her, and so they bring her back to the to the bunker and they find out that, Oh, wouldn't you know it? She's pregnant. Mm. And so, and people haven't been able to procreate for however long because of the chemical warfare and shit like this. And so they're like, Oh my God, she's pregnant. Like this could be like, you know, we have to study her and this and that and whatever. And they're like, well, what if it's not human? And like, of course it is. And then, uh, she goes from like, however many, however much time along from one day to damn near like, you know, third trimester by the next day. And they're like, Oh, that's not good. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then, uh, and then the one scene that makes it the alien ripoff is, inst- is, is, uh, a take on the chest burster scene, oh, okay. but instead of a chest burster, it happens during a C-section. They're, they're oh, so it's like in V when they pull the, yeah. uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and then when you know it, uh, that thing grows from from its tiny infant size to full grown fucking monster by the next day, and mm. you know begins to to crawl through the air vents and whatnot in the uh, the old 
shelter there and start mm-hmm. picking off people one at a time and stuff. And it's, sure. it, but it's fun, man. It's like the, the kills are, some of the kills are hilarious. It's got some pretty good gore in it and stuff. And like, you know, the characters are all stupid, but you know, for, for what it is, a low budget kind of a sci-fi thing. It's so funny, man. Like when they're in like the command center, it's just like, it's just a bunch of dumbass flashing lights. Yeah. And things yeah. Or like, Things making beeps and boops for no reason, and they're yeah. acting like they're so important and shit like yeah. that. I just that stuff's so adorable to me. I can't yeah. help. I just yeah. can't help but it. Like I just can't help but love it. Um, yeah, it's like in in um, in uh, in Death Spa, the guy's computer room, where like <laughs> yeah, that is exactly. not at all how computers work. Like, what are you running a power plant? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. You're like the person who made this movie has never seen a computer in their life. They're like, I don't know, a lot of bo- a lot of lights and a microphone. Who's talking into a computer in like 1983? No one. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and this is supposed to be the future, obviously. So sure. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, it, it, so that was um, the fuck was it called? I forgot already. Uh, the terror within. So there is a sequel to it actually, and and the the Blu-ray that I have is the screen factory one that has both on it but i only watched the first one on that one so oh, okay and then the next one real quick i just want to get into is called sure. dead space um which is all another uh roger corman um kind of joint um from 1991 um this is essentially um it's considered a loose remake whatever the fuck that means a forbidden world from 1982 oh okay um it's basically just um this guy and his robot companion, like they get a distress call from this place. And, um, they answer the call, um, to this research facility on some weird planet. And once they get there, they find out that, uh, there's like some virus. Cause this, like these people, they were scientists on this planet that were like doing some kind of shit with this virus. And they ended mm-hmm. up creating this fucking, this big ass alien creature. Right. Sure. And the only, you know, the only, and, and it, it that's that's all you need to know like it does nothing to differentiate itself from anything else like that's mm-hmm. the entire plot it has no ambition it doesn't do anything particularly interesting the only thing cool about it is they spent what must have been most of the budget to create this big ass somewhat cool looking alien thing mm-hmm. um it's this giant practical creature but they obviously you know they for as somewhat cool as it looks it it does not animate for shit. It's just kind of like, it just kind of shows up in the room and then like makes noise and its head turns from side to side and people like scream and you're scared of it, but, but it really doesn't do much. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's basically they're like, guys, it. we I just mean, run behind it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, like, bro, like the, like the, you know, the, the alien queen, it had like 13 people inside that right, ship, like moving this and moving that. And there were servos. Yeah, this thing has none of that. Yeah. There might've been somebody with a rubber band right off camera that could like pull the head from one direction to the next. <laughs> that's, that's about as, as much movement as you get out of this thing. You're like, well, I got some stuff from my kid's Lego set. Is this going to help? Right. Like, uh, Jesus yeah. Christ, Carl was yeah. shooting today. So, yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. We probably needed to figure this out before shooting, but anyway, <laughs> We'll just have to go with it. So yeah. it, I, it was adorably stupid, but I, I mean, it was fun. And yeah. the monster was kind of cool, despite the fact that it's like, it's very it's limited like a, movement. It's like the, um, it's like the, um, like practical effects equivalent of Mal Bolger from Spawn. <laughs> like, <laughs> 
from from a CGI perspective, like that's mm-hmm. yeah, that's how like good this thing was. <laughs> nice. Um, okay, so my next two are um, they are connected. Uh, so I was trying to figure out what to watch, and I was like, you know what? Let me look on my server and see. If there's any horror movies that I have that I haven't watched, and there was, and that is uh, Nosferatu from 1922, mm. famous silent film. Max Shrek. Yeah, so I went ahead and watched it, um, and you know it's interesting because you know when you, you know what you forget about during you know the silent film era is that you know these folks weren't able to emote to the same degree because they, they can't use the tone of their voice. They can't use, you know, the emotion of the voice, all that stuff. So, you know, a lot of the stuff that we today would consider like overacting is, is what they kind of use to get the point across because that's all, that's the only tool they had is their face. So they had to be very expressive and ha ha ha, ha you know, like, and really kind of exaggerate things. Um, you know, uh, you know, that, 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 creature design is still incredibly creepy mm. and impactful you know a hundred years later i mean it's still mm. you know one of the best depictions of um you know like a vampire um you know and in fact you know when we talked about last voyage of the demeter you know that you know, th- there's a touch of that in mm-hmm. in that movie and in, in, in the way in which they they chose to go um, with uh, with Dracula. So after having watched Nosferatu, I thought, well, I've got to watch Shadow of the Vampire because I'd never seen that either. Nice. Um, and so, you know, Shadow of the Vampire is a film where with um, uh, John Malkovich is the director of uh, Nosferatu, who basically, you know, th- th- this this film says that like Max Schreck was was not an actor. Uh, he, he, this, he, this guy was actually a vampire. Um, and, and, uh, John Malkovich's character found him and decided to cast him in the movie because he wanted that level of, of kind of realism. So, um, it's, it's, it's a comedy. It, it's a satire of movie making, even, even, you know, back in the twenties. Uh, like one of the things I learned, I didn't realize because I was like watching Nosferatu and I'm like, man, this, this story hues very closely to that of Dracula. Why isn't it Dracula? It's because, that Bram Stoker's widow wouldn't sell them the rights to Dracula, so they just yeah. called it Nosferatu and put it in Germany, and we're like, "Fuck you and your story!" Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but but this idea, which is sad, that you could kind of almost picture this happening today, where they're just like, you know, at one point where you know the um, you know uh, Max Streck is is feeding on the camera operator, and the guy can't work, and he's like, "Why do you have to eat the camera operator?" He's like, "Can't you just like eat like this somebody unimportant, like the script girl?" Like this idea <laughs> that like you know, so so it's kind of like a send up of like movie making and how predatory that that whole um, you know industry is, uh, but then at the same time, you know, just kind of positing that this really amazing effects work and 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 makeup work and everything was really was you know, kind of all too real. I mean, I don't, it's horror adjacent. It's a horror movie in the same way that like what we do in the shadows would be a horror movie. Like, mm. yeah, yeah, there might be some moments of kind of, you know, blood sucking and things like that, but it's not really, it's not really a horror movie. Um, right. But, but I felt like it, I felt like I, 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 I allowed it for myself uh, as kind of a, an interesting, um, you know, kind of double feature um, 
Mm. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it was, and I mean, you, Willem Dafoe, completely unrecognizable as mm-hmm. as Max Shrek, like absolutely unrecognizable. Um, yeah. And 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 I mean, but also like you feel kind of bad for him because you know he's just like I was. You know, imagine going from being treated as a king and being surrounded by servants to to this mm. creature that lives in the dark and feeds on rats. But like the scene where he like snatches the bat out of the air, <laughs> like eats it, and the other guys are just like, "Oh yeah, cool, man." You know, like <laughs> fucking hilarious, like hilarious, yeah. but but definitely well worth watching. Uh, if you haven't seen Nosferatu, though, definitely watch that first because yeah. It it makes especially when you see the way in which they recreate certain scenes and it's it's definitely um, you, you really need to do your homework for this one uh, to get the full yeah. impact. Yeah. Nice. All right. Uh, next up for me is a Vinegar Syndrome Blind Buy. Um, I full disclosure, I bought this because the cover with the cover art they made for it was pretty cool and John Saxon's in it. Mm. Um, this is a 1992 joint from Douglas Schultz, who I do not know, called Hellmaster. Hmm. Uh, this is, uh, in short, imagine that you watched um, Dream Warriors and, and Hellraiser, and <laughs> oh. then you thought, what What if this was stupid? <laughs> what if they made a dumb baby? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> So, so John Saxon plays this evil scientist man who, uh, who, uh, at this university and he's, evil he's scientist man. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I couldn't resist. No, all good. no. Um, so he has, um, and then I'll just spoil it. Turns out, I guess he was a Nazi or like he, he, uh, discovered some research that Nazis were working on. And he, he comes up with this, like he's using um, the college kids as, as lab rats to, to create this serum that turns them into these like weird mutant, um, like, like killers. But, but then it doesn't make a ton of sense why he does that because he also uses the kids as the lab rats to work on the serum. So it's like, uh. why would you make, these monsters and then have them like kill the students because because you need the students so right um but the the cover art doesn't even have john saxon on it 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 has this this one guy who's very clearly supposed to be a a pinhead type of character Uh and this this will let you know kind of what you're getting yourself into turns out his name is like his name is billy Razorface. yeah (laughs) And, uh, it's like in the Guardians of the Galaxy 2. <laughs> Razor, laser face. Like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's what you're kind of dealing with here. And then, then um, so this deals with the new class of kids coming in. And uh, this university, apparently the movie was shot in an abandoned mental asylum. Sure. Uh, that they made look like a university. Um, and uh, it's like this this supposed to be like some kind of institute for technology, but also I guess they train future FBI agents for some reason. Well, yeah, that's where they do all the best training. And then, yeah. And then, um, but there's also an art gallery. Uh, and <laughs> when I tell you, and the, and the, the main, the art gallery ends up being like one of the main focal points of the movie for, 
some ungodly reason. When I tell you, you need to, if for no other reason, if you have an opportunity to watch this movie, you should watch it for what they put in what is supposed to be the art gallery for the art. Because <laughs> come for the movie, come for the mutants, stay it, for the art gallery. It, man, it looks like they they found a preschool nearby, and they're like, <laughs> and they gave them like paints and canvases. <laughs> it's some of the worst, stupidest looking shit you'll ever see. And then, even though the art gallery is like always open, apparently the door that goes to John Saxon's lab is just like right through this doorway sure but for some reason like no one's ever gone into it no one knows he's in there doing these experiments like it's just it's just this wide open fucking door at the end of a hallway <laughs> but like no one has discovered this like <laughs> so uh but anyway and then of course like like i said turns out he was a nazi or isn't or something or whatever so he's like super old and and so it it sort of does uh a dream warriors thing in which like, so John Saxon has discovered how to control the serum. And so he can make people have these like visions and stuff like that. Um, and so they go into like these weird, almost dream sequence like things when, when he certain people, he, he injects in it. But, but if you can't control the serum, it melts your brain and like makes like, it like turns your brain into like, it works as like some kind of acid and makes like your brains and shit come out your nose, melt out of your nose and shit. Mm. And so, and then the main girl somehow can see the future, can read minds or do so. I can't remember. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, she gets control of the serum and figures out that, you know, since she can't control it, she can inject the, the Cenobites for, for lack of a better term. Cause they are certainly not Cenobites. Um, she can like, fight back against them by melting their brains or whatever. And sure. And then she has the, you know, the big, the big kind of a dream master showdown between Alice and Freddie. She has that between, between her and John Saxon there. Yeah. Not great, but you know, uh, sounds amazing. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying in the right context. Like if it was you and me in like a room and with like alcohol, we would have a blast. Yeah. Like trying to like the fact that it's, it's a legitimate movie that's taking itself seriously and it just fails on almost every conceivable level. But yeah. it's like at the same time, how serious are you really? If you're, you have a character named Billy Razor face. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's just the dumbest shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's so. like, I can just imagine how much, you know, the, the, how the, the level of controlled substances coursing through the veins of the people making these movies. Yeah. Like, I mean, it yeah. just had to have been unreal um, yeah. for them to think that some and of this, this stuff was, um, was a good idea. Yeah. It was early nineties, like 92, I think. Yeah. 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 Hellmaster. Hellmaster. All right. So, um, this next one was an absolute surprise and delight. Um, I have to say, um, I, I opened up uh, shutter one day and there was this movie uh, called The Puppet Man, and mm. and uh, written and directed by uh, well Brandon Christensen, but then some other folks. Um, and so, um, you know, he did. Um, uh, he's he's done a bunch of kind of visual effects stuff, but he directed Superhost, which I was not a big fan of. Mm. But he also directed Stillborn. Um, mm. 
and a bunch of shorts and stuff. So this movie reminded me very much of when I watched The Empty Man, where I was like kind of expecting it to be one thing, and then it turned into something else. Um, so basically, um, it, it focuses on um, this young woman um, named Michael, uh, played by Alison Gorska, um, who um, whose father was convicted of killing uh, her mom. And she was found as a child in a cage. And her father just kept saying, I didn't do it. I wasn't in control. I didn't do it. And so the media dubbed him um, the puppet man because he kept saying, like, it was some force controlling him. So, mm. you know, he's he's getting ready to be killed via lethal injection. And Michael starts experiencing things where um, folks around her start um, – behaving in a way where they're not necessarily in control of their actions. So she's trying to figure out um, what's going on. She's got this group of friends at college that are kind of helping her as well. Um, And, you know, I mean, the reality is it could just be that I was just glad for a Shutter original to be good because it's been a minute. Yeah. Um, But, you know, the tone of this movie and the way that it unfolds and when you find out exactly what happened, uh, I just absolutely love. But also, this is a movie where it seems as if it's not going to be gory, but then there are some scenes of, I mean, just incredibly effective, disgusting violence that are amazing Um and it just really drives home just the malevolence of what is going on. And then when you find out what was happening, I personally didn't didn't see it coming. Um, so, you know, it, it kept me, I mean, I was, you know, it really kept me guessing the whole time. The performances are very strong. The mood is, is very good. The way in which... Um, you know, I feel like the movie played really well uh, in the rules that it had set up for itself. Um, and yeah, like these, there's two scenes in particular that are just that happen kind of at the same time that are just fucking gnarly. Like you're just like, oh my god. Um, and I mean, it's just it was really good. It, like I said, it kind of reminded me of the Empty Man, where you know I kind of went into that thinking, oh, it's going to be one of these like Bloody Mary type of things, and then you watch that movie, you're like, holy shit, what the fuck is this? Is the same right. type of thing. Um, so I, I really enjoyed it. I highly recommend it. Um, you know, in in a, in a year where I feel like you know horror has kind of been hit or miss, you know, it was a real pleasant surprise. Nice. Yeah, it's it's on my short list. I think. I've seen so much old stuff this month. Yeah, I think for the last the last week, I've obviously got things I always get to. Yeah, and I'm going to try to do like new stuff. I think for a while. <laughs> yeah, because I've missed some things that I've I've been excited to check out. But yeah, yeah, looking forward to that one. All right, let's see. Next for me, um, <clears throat> so I'll do I'll do Night of the Demons three. It wasn't the next thing I watched like chronologically but i since you already denied the demons mm-hmm. uh night of the demons three i had never seen uh shout factory actually announced i think it was last summer that that they were releasing the original on 4k and then the parts two and three on you know their their collector's edition blu-rays or whatever and so i, I pre-ordered all that and uh never seen three so i popped it in the other day um 
and yeah, it's it's um, another Night of the Demons movie. Uh, I I don't know. I like the first one a lot. I love the second one. Um, this one, it, it was fine. It's the same kind of thing. These, like the the premise says, criminals um, end up shooting a a cop and then take refuge in the whole house or whatever it's called there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course then Angela shows up and, and does her thing. And, uh, they were less criminals. They were more like what appeared to be like high school kids mm-hmm. who were out, you know, doing typical high school kids in these movies things, but also they had guns. And they, <laughs> <laughs> so they were Florida they high school into, kids. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> So, so they, of course, you know, they were doing their thing and then they, they run into, uh, these other two, uh, these other two girls who were, they're going to some Halloween party or something. I can't remember. It doesn't matter. Uh-huh. But they run into them and they're like, they all knew each other, which leads me to believe they obviously attend some kind of a school or something. Right. And then one of them, the one kid gets shot by the cops and then the other kid shoots the cop. And so they're, you know, they're like, we got to take him to the hospital. They're like, fuck that. They're going to take us to jail. So they end up going to, to the whole house and. You know, Angela does her thing where she's, you know, makes them see things and then it's like, you know, she's there collecting souls and stuff. And of course, mm-hmm. course, it comes down to the last two. And uh, my favorite thing about the movie is it's it's I texted you about it. It was, you know, <laughs> the return of the post credits hip hop jam yeah. that that uh, kind of takes sound cues from the movie and, and recounts what you've just seen. Yeah. Only in in case you weren't, you weren't paying attention. <laughs> yeah. Like, You're like, man, no. I fell asleep. If only someone would spit some bars about what had just happened. <laughs> yeah. And then I don't need to rewatch it. I'll just like, exactly. I'll go to genius and uh, recant the lyrics and be like, Oh yes. Yes. Right, yes. Yes. Right. Uh, yeah. Good times. I mean, you know, some decent gore. So, you know, it was all practical stuff and, you know, you know, whatever, but, uh, and some, you know, these movies are like, they're very, uh, they, I feel like at least border on the horror comedy, you know, like whether or not they intend to, uh, I, right. I kind of feel sometimes, you know, these things you're like, Oh my God, this is so bad. It's hilarious. I feel like the night of the demons movies are kind of intentionally funny. Yeah. So, um, so, you know, it's, it's certainly fits in the in the series and it's like you know it's a different actress as angela and stuff like that so it's you know it's very much it very much feels like a direct video unnecessary direct video sequel but but i enjoyed it yeah yeah um yeah so the next movie i watched and the the you know i don't care that there's 15 of them the least said about this movie the better and that that's puppet master <laughs> uh mm-hmm. a terrible film some really good stop motion uh, CGI, but when you, you know, when you know that, like, the production company was made, you know, their whole goal was to, like, take popular films and do low-budget versions, and this was their low-budget yeah. version of Dolls. Um, right. You know, it absolutely makes sense. Um, just terribly acted, a horrible story, um, just not, I mean, like I said, there's there's been a bunch of them, but that doesn't mean that they're good. Um, and this one, like, I just, I, I can appreciate, you know, kind of, like, some of the the stop motion stuff and the design of the puppets was really cool, but also at the same time yeah. it was just like, you know, I was like this this thing is just isn't for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the Littlest Reich is actually it, it actually is pretty fun. Uh-huh. Uh but like I, it's kind of like I was saying, um, 
Oh fuck! What what was the one you watched from Full Moon last last show that we were talking about? I was like, well, there's Full Moon, so they put out almost nothing but garbage. With oh, it was a uh, uh, Castle Freak. Yeah. So with the exception of <laughs> every once in a while, they would fuck up and put out something like Castle Freak. But for the most part, if you watched a Full Moon feature, a Charles Band joint, you kind of knew what you were getting into. Yeah. Uh, you know, like a subspecies. I love those movies, but. Uh, uh, yeah, typically <laughs> puppet master. The puppets are cool, but outside of that, it's it's pretty pretty garbage. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, so I'll do one that I watched today. Actually, next called. Uh, yeah, I had mentioned last time when I watched Slaughterhouse Rock that there was another kind of heavy metal oriented '80s thing on that on that collection from uh, from Vinegar, and that was Hard Rock Zombies. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie. Is you want to talk about people being on controlled substances? Like th- this movie is the most ridiculous thing I may have ever seen. Um, this this <laughs> this band. So it starts off with this with this woman, and she's on the side of the road like hitchhiking, right? And she she pick these two guys pull over and they pick her up, and then they go to this lake to go skinny dipping because that's how hitchhiking works. Absolutely. And, she ends up uh, she ends up murdering both of them while two little people, one of whom I thought was wearing a mask, but uh, turns out it's just really shit uh, practical effects. <laughs> turns and, out that's just his face. <laughs> yeah, uh, two one of them, two little people, one with an eye patch, and and then one with a, a horrible uh, rubber mask. And this man in a suit took pictures while while she was killing them. And then you meet the band and uh, they're putting on a show uh, somewhere and then they're, they go backstage and, and they are, uh, they're getting ready to go to this small town where they're going to put on this concert for God only knows why um, that they had to do it in this town. And the town wants nothing to do with them like at all. Right. They're they're like, Oh, they're like, uh, there's this incredibly fucking stupid town city council scene where they ban rock and roll of all kinds. There's a sure. dumbass redneck sheriff. It's like, full, and, it's like Footloose. Yeah, it's basically foot, yeah, Footloose, but like if Troma made Footloose. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, so this this girl uh, is at the concert before they're going to her town and she's like She's warning like the lead singer, don't come. Like just don't don't do it. Like, you know, and he's like, Why? And she just keeps shaking her head and looking away. That's all she does, like, for the whole movie. Her name's Cassie. And for whatever reason, this and these are like um I say heavy metal, they're hundred percent not. This is like um glam metal, like oh, yeah. poison, you know, that kind of thing. They all look like chicks, that kind of stuff. And uh they play the worst goddamn music you've ever heard in your life. And they play this one song over and over again every time. Oh, my God. Why was that always the thing? It's like in yeah. – um, oh, shit. The the uh, fucking um, – oh, what was it? Um, popcorn, where it's like oh, yeah. this terrible reggae band. Uh, and, and they're just playing this horrible reggae music about going to the movies. And, and it's like, Why? <laughs> yeah why, why are you subjecting right. us to this nightmare right, right. um so, so of course the band's like well we, you know we've already there's uh, apparently there's like some big 
music producer that's supposed to be coming to meet them and like shoot a video. So they have to put on this concert. So they get to the town, their redneck sheriff starts fucking with them and, and, you know, they arrest them for no reason right off the bat and shit. And like, but not before there's a, there's like a 10 minute fucking musical number where they're like walking around the town, like posing on like cars and it's like, these like old beat up cars and like doing this dumb ass shit. And I'm sitting there like, what the fuck am I watching? Right. <clears throat> and then of course they get arrested and then the, the hitchhiker lady bails them out and bring, she's like, well, the people in this town, you know, they don't, they're not going to, they don't appreciate, you know, people like us and they don't understand. You should come stay with me and my family in this old house. And they're like, yeah, I guess. And so <laughs> when you know it, that's where, uh, that's where the guy in the suit with the camera sure. and the two little people and this really old man and, uh, this old lady, uh, grandma or whatever they called her, uh, uh live and, and they, uh, they go, they, so and then turns out that the the concert they have they had two shows at, at this town, and uh, for whatever reason one of them was at this house I guess because <laughs> they start setting up their equipment and shit <laughs> and start playing music, and then uh, the people there uh, uh, they intentionally electrocute the band trying to like to kill them I guess, but it doesn't kill them uh, because the lead singer <laughs> kicks. He kicks the plug that the the amp is plugged into, and it cuts all the power for some reason. Sure. <clears throat> and um, what you come to find out is, and if you thought it was weird so far, you haven't heard anything yet. <laughs> um, so <laughs> they're all sitting there at the dinner table eating, and the old man, Grandpa there, pulls off his mask, uh, and he's Hitler. He's, he's, <clears throat> and he's Hitler? Yep, he's like Hitler. Adolf and, Hitler. Yes. And Fair Grandma enough. is uh, a werewolf who, who dual-wields switchblades. Um, okay. And they attack the band and, and murder them. <clears throat> and then, but not before the, the lead singer gives the, the girl who was trying to warn them not to come a tape and tells her if anything bad happens to play this tape. And so, uh, so they all, they all die there and she goes to where they're buried and plays the tape and they come back as zombies and, and they, they go back to the, yeah. And they go back to the house and, and they, uh, they attack and kill the, the Hitlers, uh, the werewolf lady and the, the, the two little people and the, the man with the camera. Um, and, uh, I guess. Somehow he knew that that song would bring them back, but I guess he wasn't entirely sure how zombies worked uh, because having bitten them, well, well, Hitler and, and the gang all come back also as zombies. And then uh, they go on a, a killing spree in the town. And, what, what is the name of this movie? Hard Rock Zombies. Oh, okay. It's right and, there on uh, the title. And so, yeah. And so, <laughs> and so, uh, so they, they end up turning most of the town into these these zombies but they're not zombies they're ghouls and so then uh and then the 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 people that are still alive are, are trying to figure out you know how how to put an end to this uh this horrible situation and this this nerd guy has a book and he's reading in it and he's like oh well ghouls they don't like head and uh and so they don't. they're like well they eat everything out of the body except the head oh, okay. and so 
So, so they're they're at that point they concoct a master plan um, in which they take a bunch of like musicians like David Bowie and and uh, Lionel Richie, and they take giant cardboard cutouts uh, of those heads, and they walk around holding those up because they think while their normal heads don't appear to bother the ghouls at all because they keep murdering people. If they have these giant cardboard heads, that's going to protect them because it'll scare the ghouls. And uh-huh. yeah, that doesn't go well because they immediately uh, are swarmed and, and almost all of them are murdered. And then, uh, and then uh, Poindexter there goes back to the book and, and finds out that uh, if, if they can find a virgin, no, no, it wasn't Poindexter. It was an old man. Cause Poindexter gets killed. This old man, he's like, no, uh, they're ghouls. You have to. We have to get a virgin and string her up, and uh, and and then the ghouls come and like take her uh, as like a sacrifice. And it has to be under the moonlight, and so that becomes the plan. Uh, and then of course the band has to. Uh, and the man, and the girl who who warned the band is the virgin, obviously. Sure. And they have to. Uh, they have to like save her from the ghouls and and um, the zombie werewolf lady and and all that stuff. And then. Uh, so they they save her and then and then uh, how everyone how they save the day is they start playing that goddamn song again. Oh God! Uh, and all of the ghouls, it's like the Pied Piper, right? They they they're yeah. drawn to the music and they sure. lead them into a, a gas chamber. Mm. At which point, uh, at which point, somebody turns on the gas and it, and it kills all the ghouls. Which shouldn't because they wouldn't have a working respiratory system on account of being the undead. But you know, whatever. Yeah. Sure. And then, uh, and then credits. <laughs> and did they play the song over the credits? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course they did. They did. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> cool. All right. Very good. Very good. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna respectfully decline to put that one on my list. Um, okay. <clears throat> so I'm gonna run through a couple real quick. Um, uh, in the interest of time, uh, these are just some movies that you've already seen. I hadn't seen. Um, First one was Exorcist 3, which, Mm -hmm. you know, did we need a third Exorcist? Probably not. But did we need George C. Scott and an amazing performance and Fabio as an angel and Brad Dourif just absolutely annihilating scenery? Yes, 100% we did. Um, You know, just a fantastic movie. Like, you you had texted me one of the greatest all-time musical cues ever. Um, You know, for a movie that you know, the violence was all off screen and, and, you know, you had to kind of conjure um, up how, how horrible it was based on what they were telling you uh, was extremely effective um, in, t- in terms of the mood and the setting, you know, I mean, definitely a movie. I think that probably at the time it came out, I think George C. Scott run a, won a Razzie for it. Um, wasn't necessarily mm-hmm. appreciated, but then when you watch it now, um, I think that it almost feels like, having it be an exorcist movie was a detriment to it. Um, I would agree. Yeah. You know, if it had just been, but you know, it kind of also needs to be, but I, I thought it was fantastic. I thought Brad Dorf was fantastic. Um, just a, a really solid, um, gonzo, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh you know, kind of early nineties, late eighties, uh, horror movie. Um, and then the next one to prepare for, you know, when evil lurks is I watched uh, Terrified because I realized I had never seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, solid, you know, a real solid. I, I don't even really know kind of what you would classify this as. Um, 
basically it's a you know in this neighborhood in buenos aires is is kind of unbeknownst to everybody in the neighborhood they're all kind of being um uh harassed and and attacked by these same kind of spirits that that are invisible to us but but kind of exist and and do some kind of fucked up shit um you know there's there's some some undead kind of stuff to it there's some kind of bump in the night scares there's some you know uh i don't see it until i look through this camera like a real kind of yeah. very very um effective um combination of of kind of multiple i'm not going to call them tropes but um uh i guess it'd be more like scare generators <laughs> yeah um but um and then you've got like the you know the paranormal investigators in the mix and um and all that so um i don't know why i mean god i've seen it on shutter a million times i just never for whatever reason i just never watch it um and then when i saw that um the, the director of when evil lurks also directed terrified i was like oh fuck uh so i, I went ahead and watched it and uh, yeah just a very solid very solid film lots of great scares and some kind of creepy ass moments too so um yeah, I can't. I can't remember why. Sorry, <clears throat> I just choked. <laughs> <laughs> you all right? Yeah, I don't remember what it was that made me watch that. Um, I don't know if I read something about it or mm-hmm. or what. <clears throat> yeah, that's a great movie. Yeah. Um. All right. So I have three more. I can do two real quick. Um. I watched a movie called Skin Deep. Oh, okay, that sounds. <clears throat> Yeah, I remember the cover specifically. I used to see it all the time, movie gallery, but I, just, I didn't know what it was. And I was like, it seems like it would have been right up my jam. But at the same time, it's like, um, you know, I, I didn't really get into horror until I was almost in high school. And so I, I was so adamant about catching up on so many of these, you know, the classics and stuff like that, that I missed some of that like early 90s stuff. And I felt like that's probably what happened in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is written, directed by Gabriel uh, Bartolos. Mm-hmm. Um, he is uh, an effects guy. Uh, he did he did work for Frankenhooker and, and some stuff like that. So you know he's he's very talented, but also has a, a you know a, a style mm-hmm. <laughs> unto his, himself. <clears throat> uh, in this movie, it's it's not exactly a heavily. Um, it's not exposition heavy. There's not a lot of plot there. It's this family and they're driving wherever the fuck they're driving. And they kind of run afoul of, of some Texas chainsaw type weird family. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they kill uh, three of them. And, and the, the daughter's the only one left there. And they want her to join the family. And she has to meet the creator and stuff like this. Um, this movie is like if Lloyd Kaufman gave Rob Zombie like $2,000 and asked him to get a direct sequel to Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Um, I fucking loved it. Uh-huh. But it is bizarre as shit. Yeah. Um, great effects, obviously. The char- but the, the freaks or the, the family there, the characters are, are very weird. Uh, if you've ever seen the cover, you'll recognize Surgeon General. He's like the coolest one. He's got yeah. like a, you know, like these like weird glasses and like he's like a, his mouth is like trap jaw from Masters Universe. It's yeah, like this big silk you know thing and and uh, uh, plates uh, was one of my favorites of, of the freaks. There, uh, it's Warwick Davis in a in a white karate gi. Nice. Um, 
and he wears this backpack apparatus um, that that when you know it, he keeps plates in, and so he he karate's people and flings plates at them. Wow. Um, See, when you said yeah. skin deep, I was like the John Ritter comedy, but this seems so much no. better. <laughs> skinned, like skinned. Like. Oh, skinned deep. Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think it was Synapse that, that put that out on blue, man. And I'm glad I bought it and I'm pissed that it's taking me this long to see it. Cause it's uh-huh. fucking incredible. It's, it's, but like I said, if Ramzabi's not your thing, if trauma's not your thing, you'll probably hate it. But I, I had a ball with it. Uh, it was a lot of fun. And then, uh, this morning, uh, I, I broke into the Kindred, which was another one that I remember seeing the cover for. And for oh, whatever reason, shit, yeah. I yeah. Never rented it. Yeah, and god damn was it good. Yeah. It's uh it's another one that uh Stephen Carpenter who who only did a, a few other things. He did Soul Survivors that that uh Elijah Dishcue kind of uh Yeah. That whole like Valentine and like, you know, No you did last summer era thing with the new the neo slashers there. Yep. Uh, he did that um and then a bunch of TV. But uh, the Kindred is is this uh, very bizarre movie uh, about this man who who's a scientist and uh, his mom like has a heart attack while she's driving and ends up in the hospital and he goes to visit her and she starts talking about uh, going up to the house and destroying all of her research because yeah. she's been uh, she you know she creates a he has a brother named Anthony and she's like you have to you have to kill every, you know kill Anthony and get rid of all the evidence and all this shit and burn it all and he's like who the fuck is Anthony what are you talking about and then of course she's this woman is like going for broke in this in this performance like she is so dramatic mm-hmm. and then she passes out uh and then uh there's this evil scientist man who uh who has been doing these uh hybrid experiments these genetic experiments and he has all these like weird mutants in this the basement of his lab and there's a really cool scene at the beginning where where this one guy he has that works for him comes in and he's like i'm gonna need double the money and he's like well we'll walk through here and i'll get you your money and he's like and then of course the guy walks through the door and then he slams it and locks it i'm like you really didn't see that coming bro like yeah and then he's attacked by these these creatures down these mutants and then, like, that's the last time you see the mutants. Like, they don't do anything with that. Oh, and I was weird. like, oh, well, that's disappointing. Uh, and then, of course, then the guy, uh, the guy's like, all right, well, you know, he's trying to figure out what his mom's talking about. And he's talking to his wife, or girlfriend, whatever. And then, and then the, the, I guess he works at the same lab that the evil scientist guy works at. And he's, he's like, well, you know, how's your mom? And he's like, oh, you knew my mom? And he's like, yeah, we, we work together and this and that. And then uh, he mentions Anthony and he's like, He's like, I don't know what you was talking about. Do you? And of course he does, right? And he's like, oh my god. And uh, and so then he goes to visit her in the hospital. The the evil scientist guy does, and then he like he yells at her until she dies. <laughs> he's like, I'm like, which is a really interesting kill, skill set, you know. And I wish I had it. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> but yeah, he starts threatening her about, I need to know about this work because you were taking, you know, my notes and doing your own thing and this and that. And I, I have a right to, you know, to it and stuff like that. And she's like, you'll never find Anthony. And like, she has a heart attack and dies. <laughs> and then, uh, and then the guy, uh, and his wife go and he invites some of the other people from the lab to the house and they're going to, you know, go start going, go through this, this stuff and try to figure out what the fuck Anthony is. And, and, and apparently Anthony is, as it turns out is, uh, a hybrid uh, creature that she has made from some 
certain aquatic life and I guess some some uh, DNA that she took from her son there, the, sure. the scientist man. Uh, and yeah, uh, there is some really fucking gnarly uh, creature stuff in this movie. It's very gooey. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of holy shit moments. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a one lady turns into a fish monster, which was nice. pretty fucking cool. Yeah, it's always always yeah. appreciated. Yeah, it's another one of those. It's just a very creature, very practical effects heavy creature feature, and I had a, I had a lot of fun with it. Nice. I hate nice. this taking me this long to see it. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to. Ch- I, it's like it sounds so familiar when you talk about it. I'll have to. to I, I swear. Yeah, the cover. I, there's. There's like this little green thing in yeah, the bottle. Yeah, in the bottle. I swear. And it might just be that I've seen it in – it's just like Night of the Demon. I swear I've seen that cover a million times. Mm. And, I'm, and and yeah. I just – and then it just imprinted on my head that I had actually seen the movie when in fact I had not. Uh, so I think mm. this is the same kind of thing that I'll have to, I'll have to check it out. Um, yeah. Um, okay. So I'm going to do two real quick and then we'll get into the, the, the shared one. Um, so I watched, uh, so this is a horror movie that came out last week. It was called dark harvest. It's very strange. Mm. Um, you know, it's basically on Halloween, this guy named, uh, candy Jack or pumpkin face or whatever the fuck his name is. <laughs> um, he, he rises from the cornfield and, and all the, the teenage boys of a certain age, they lock them up for 24 hours and don't even get me started on that. And then they're supposed to, <laughs> if, if the monster gets to the church by midnight, he, you know, the whole town is going to have like bad tornadoes and shit. So they have to kill this thing. And then when they cut it open, there's candy inside. And then whoever, uh, whoever kills it, they get a brand new Corvette and their parents get a new house and they get to oh. leave the town and drive away and, and experience their life. And so so at the beginning of the movie, this one kid wins it. And then his brother's like, take me with you. And then the next year, uh, he's like getting postcards from his brother. And he wants to join the cult, The Run. And, and they're like, well, you can't be in The Run because you already won. And it's a weird, it's like 1950s kind of style. It's set in the early 60s. And um, mm. it's like Children of the Corn meets Pumpkinhead, which sounds amazing. Except for the fact that I knew what was going on in this movie from like ten minutes into it, mm. um, and and that just ruined it because I was like, then you're oh, just kind of waiting, like, and it was so obvious what yeah. the deal was. Um, you know, the creature effect were cool. You know, and it, it was just, but there's also like, it's just a really weird. It's a movie where they just were like don't ask questions this is you know i think they were hoping they could skate by on vibe and it just mm. maybe for some folks that's how it would work but not not for me um, gotcha and then uh the last one uh before we get into our, our shared one uh is the hole in the ground which was uh, an irish horror mm. film um produced by a24 um really solid film um <clears throat> about this young woman who lives out in the countryside um with her son and um, one day they're kind of going off in the woods and she sees this giant hole in the ground. Um, and then shortly afterwards, um, she thinks her son goes missing. And when she's on the phone with the cops, he then is there and she's like, oh, thank God he's here. He's alive. But then she realizes like she doesn't think it's her kid. And there's right. a woman who lives nearby who, you know, they'd almost hit with her car at one point who was basically like, it's not your son. Um, and this woman had lost her kid, uh, to a car accident. So, um, 
so then, you know, as the movie unfolds, it's kind of like, you know, the, the woman who clearly, like, she had left her husband and the boy's father because you get the impression that there was some abuse there. Um, and so she's kind of like thinking, thinking of all these, like, really awful scenarios. So you're like, well, is this because it genuinely isn't her son or is she just kind of like reacting to the trauma that she had been through and is like kind of projecting that onto these worries about her kid. Um, yeah. Really solid performances, no gore really, or, you know, but, but still managed to have like a, a fantastic mood and setting. Um, so really, you know, definitely worth a watch. It was on, um, yeah, it was on HBO max. Um, I'm not sure when it came out. I think it, you know, the date, Shows like 2019, um, but it, yeah. it, you know, I watched it on Max, uh, so but yeah, it was definitely worth watching. Yeah, I can't remember. I I, I saw it, I think I only watched it because it was an A24 joint, but <clears throat> I can't remember if I rented it or if I don't remember. I don't have it, so I must have rented it or something, yeah. but yeah. All right, well, that leaves us with uh, <laughs> with our shared. <laughs> <laughs> Our shared uh, uh, movie uh, of several of the things that I've seen this this month, I will say, I, I'm mad at myself for having waited this long to watch, and and they will all, in some way, find themselves into my rotation, whether it be in October or just, you know, just shit that I continuously rewatch. So this is no different. Uh, uh, Demon Wind from 1990, mm-hmm. directed by Charles Philip Moore. Uh, goddamn, what a what an amazingly bizarre. Yeah, it's it's like it's like if 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 Nightbreed and and Evil Dead got together and just yeah. kicked around some like, ideas. Yeah, it, it very much is that. You could tell like this is heavily influenced All by the by mythology of a Cl- of a Clive Barker movie, but none of the right. common sense. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Man, I rewound so many parts of this movie. It took I me know. so long to get through it because I just kept rewatching the shit and laughing. I was like, "What? Oh, the so fuck? Good. Why is he an alien now?" Like, <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it gets like even before then. It's like, why are there magicians? I know, right? But like the one scene for me is like when the guy was Benjamin buttoning him way through, and I was like, "Is he gonna end up yeah. just like a dirty sock? Like, like where are we going with this? Because he's a teenager, then he's a ten year old, then he's a toddler, then he's a baby." I'm like, is he going right. to be a puddle of goo? And then it's like, he's a dove. And I was like, what? He's a print song? What is happening? Like, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. a weird I mean, one for sure. It is. I mean, that's basically like basically it. Like he, he for his grandparents, uh, it starts with like this flashback and his grandparents. And there's like, a, I guess they're in like, they appear to be in Jesus's house. Or, uh, yeah. Or, yeah. Because good God. Like. <laughs> And then uh, and the guy comes in and like murders the lady, murders the grandma and stuff. And then like, then you fast flash forward to this guy and he's he's drawn to the house and he doesn't know why, but he has to go. Yeah. And then he and bring invites his, bring an entire basketball friends? team, including yeah, like someone invites- who 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 goddamn it, he was gonna get the most out of those karate classes he took. <laughs> he was gonna show off that roundhouse at every available opportunity. <laughs> Fuck yeah, he was bro. The roundhouses. Oh, it was so fucking good. I loved it. Um, yeah, so so they go to this like uh, they stop at like a gas station and and he's like kind of you know he's he's kind of like all emo and mopey and like you know and so his girlfriend's like well let me go ahead and just take my pants off right here in this fucking restaurant. Oh right, yeah, yeah, this nasty like, gas station bathroom. Yeah, and I was like, 
I like right off the bat, I'm like, what the fuck is like, and then this, like this lady comes out she's like, the bathroom's around back, sweetheart. She's like, oh, that's not what I was doing. She just decided to like take her pants down like, and show her underwear because like, right. it had a heart on it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, "All right, well, that's weird." And then, of course, I had no idea how weird things were going to get from there, but uh, they sure did. Uh, and then they, they, of course, they go to the the farm. First of all, it's like that whole thing. It's like it's like Judd from Pet Cemetery. Where it's like that meme, yeah. Where it's like I meet somebody, something dies. I tell them about the pet. I warn them not to use the pet cemetery while immediately explaining how it works. I take yeah. them there. <laughs> like yeah. Yeah. the guy's like, "You don't want to go up there. It doesn't exist." And he's like, well, I got to go. And he's like, oh, we'll just take this road to the end. You'll run yeah. right into it. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah. All right. I kind of feel like you want me to go, even though you said not yeah. to go. So yeah. get some mixed uh, so messages they here. Get there and they get there, and it's just like a piece of a wall and a door. Uh, but if you go if you go around the door, then then people can still see you. But if you go in the door, then then you're in a place, and they can no longer see you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, and then they, of course, run afoul of, of the titular demons there uh, and, and are dispatched kind of one at a time in, in a very Evil Dead-esque. Yeah, uh, with a special dagger. Smoke. Yeah. Uh, just, yeah, basically, yeah, like you said, a bunch of ideas, a bunch of ideas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they but, were. God it damn, was, it's fun. It, it's a it's a so I told you this was one of the so when you if you play high on life uh, which I don't recommend but you know whatever everybody has their own thing um, you know one of the things you can do is you can warp in movie theaters and then there's a bunch of different movies you can watch and this was one of the movies that you could watch and I chose not to because I didn't want to spend any more time uh, in high on life uh, than yeah. than absolutely necessary. But there's like four, I want to say there's like four movies in there, uh, and this is one of them. Um, and so I kind of, now having watched it, uh, it kind of understanding the, the, the vibe of that game, it, it is very clear to me now why this one <laughs> was included. <laughs> because uh, if you were like super stoned and watching Demon Wind, you would probably have the greatest night of your life. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I, I didn't even know it existed until you had mentioned it and then you would watch it and I was like, fuck it, I'll watch it too. Uh, and it, uh, man, yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's like, you know, if you, if, if somebody was like, Hey, I don't have time to watch every bad horror movie in the nineties. I only have time to watch one bad horror movie. in the 90s. <laughs> Like what movie could I watch that like exemplifies uh, the yeah. various weird nonsensical aspects of horror in the 90s you'd be like ah demon wind here you go i'll see you in an hour and a half (laughs) 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 yeah yeah so but uh yeah some so some really uh some really solid films some not so solid films but but it's been fun you know uh regardless uh i'm having a good time and i and and as as expected the my list of movies um you know, to to kind of round out the month is is exceeds the number of days in October, which is what you know. I, I had a slight worry at the beginning of the month that I was like, I don't think I'll have enough, and now I'm like, Jesus, now I'm not going to have enough time. I mean, there's too many. Um, yeah. So yeah, so I'm looking forward to getting into um, some of the films uh, still yet to come. Some of which have been released. Uh, some are still uh, supposed to hit um, Shutter uh, towards the end of this coming week. Um, yep. 
Yeah, so so even though our next show will actually be in November, we'll still have a number of uh, we'll still need to round out um, the rest of our October films. Uh, hopefully, you're having a good time this October as well and uh, walk, watching your share of uh, spooky films. Um, and uh, we look forward to sharing our next round of movies um, in our next episode in the next two weeks. Uh, so for myself and Mitch, thank you so much for hanging out with us. This has been Divided by Werewolves, uh, episode 184. Uh, thanks so much for hanging out, and we look forward to spending some more time with you in the next couple weeks. So for myself and Mitch, thank you again. Good night, and have a good evening.